0: What is the biggest myth and why is it wrong? Um, I think the biggest myth is that, for me, in brand strategy, that it's a luxury. Um, and it's wrong because of the reasons that I said in the beginning is that, especially these days, um, people are looking for authenticity, where that, whether that's B2B or B2C people are looking for, that is what is helping brands set themselves as par- apart is really coming from somewhere that's a bit more personal. Um, and so I think that focusing on authenticity and teasing that out and looking more uh, intensely at your competitive landscape and your customer is really important these days. Um,
1: everyone this is devin miller here with another episode of the inventive expert i'm your host devin miller the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses as well as the founder and ceo of miller ip law where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks if you ever need help with yours just go to StrategyMeeting.com, grab some time to chat we're always here to help now today we've got another great guest on the podcast stacy thal And uh, Stacey, we're going to be talking about a few different things, including uh, the um, accidental branding strategist and the importance of getting a foundational brand strategy and also uh maximizing profits and potential or, and uh, minimizing risk uh, via brand and consistency within your marketing and advertising and the touch points and helping investors to uh or to protect their portfolios and companies and maybe even talk a little bit about uh, testing and iterating in the marketplace and iterating with your brand as well so should be some uh, great points of discussion and uh, with that much as an introduction welcome on the podcast Stacy
0: thank you so much Devin great to talk to you
1: absolutely so now for those that uh, haven't caught uh, stacy was also on our sister podcast uh, the inventive journey so if you haven't had a chance to go catch her episode there and want to learn more about her journey definitely encourage you to go uh, check it out there but for those people that uh, either haven't had a chance yet or are saying hey i'd just like to hear just a little bit about stacy before we dive into the uh, the expertise at hand tell us a little bit about yourself
0: well um These days I'm a, what I'm calling an MVP brand strategist. So that means that I help primarily investors and startup founders create their foundational brand strategy with an MVP lens that is minimum viable products. Since everything these days is about, as you mentioned, testing, learning, and iterating um, through years of experience and all sorts of research that I do and my background in copywriting I articulate all those uh, elements of a foundational brand strategy to help investors and startups uh, have a better chance out at market um, and some foundation to start with so they can test and learn and iterate with confidence.
1: Hmm. No, great introduction. Sounds like a a great area to be in and uh, excited to now dive into the, the topics at hand. So one of the, maybe in maybe no particular order, but one of the things maybe just as a level set for the audience is, you know, maybe help us understand, because you talk a little bit about foundational brand, foundational brand strategy, and I think to a degree and probably erroneously, but I'll let you correct it if it is, um, you know, a lot of times people think, hey, my brand is, I've got a logo, maybe I have a catchphrase the name of the company, name of the, you know, the service or whatever I'm offering, and I'm done with branding. And so, is that a correct point of view or kind of what do you or how do you define kind of what is a foundational brand that you should be thinking about
0: Yeah i mean that's why i got into this business is that i spent a lot of years as a consultant helping people in marketing and advertising and then before the economy tanked last time in 2008 i went in house and worked for big household names like google and walmart and yahoo and saw these things internally there too Um, What I've been able to observe in my 20 years of doing this work is that this ubiquitous statistic that we see with startups, that most startups, meaning up to 90% of startups fail within the first five years, that can be about lack of market fit, it can be you don't have the right product at the right time, it can be that you don't have a good business model, it can be bad management, but mostly... Folks that start up businesses or traditional startups have a fantastic idea. They just don't have the chops to market it. And they're oftentimes really close to it. So what a foundational brand strategy is, is that pause between exactly what you said that a lot of people mistake, I think, that like I've got a cousin who is a graphic designer and they can do a fun logo. And then I like the color blue. And I like this font and not that font, font, and you're good to go. Um, But these days in particular, where we're seeing in the market after generations and generations now, um, savvy about first television commercials, now digital marketing, is that it's hard to persuade people these days. So coming from somewhere and having some kind of foundation from your brand that's rooted in what you, actually, what you actually believe and what your customers actually or end users actually want is really important to connect those dots and make sure that how you express yourself as a brand visually and in the storytelling you do and the messaging that you do, um, that it is actually breaking through, coming from somewhere and breaking through because you can see, I was just looking at this kind of survey of the supplements, like uh, powdered supplements market um, Truvia and a, a whole bunch of them. I won't name all names, but they're all looking the same. Um, <clears throat> they're all um, have the same kind of stock photography. They have the same kind of messaging, and mm. it's really hard to break through if you're not rooted in what your mission is, what your vision is, what your values are. If you're not clear on what your value propositions are, the reasons that your uh, customers and users. Um, should believe in your product and choose you over others. You know, it's not just about how you look and feel. And then what I've found over time is that lots of times uh, founders, you know, business owners too, are under such pressure to rush to market that they skip over that part. And then they end up showing up in all their different marketing and advertising touch points differently over time. Um, because they're surviving on different kinds of vendors and things like that. So they don't have a solidified playbook that everybody is shooting from. They have maybe a logo, maybe a couple of colors and a font or something like that, but it's not really coming together because they're not really coming from a place of a rooted story about their brand.
1: So now let me kind of follow, because I think that's a a great introduction or a great uh, walkthrough as to what brand is now, one of the things I think people sometimes, you know, especially if you're new into a startup or a small business or just getting going, or if you haven't had a lot of exposure to branding or you haven't de- dealt that side, I, you know, I come from an engineering background and I don't know if I re- really had hardly any market. Now I went and got an MBA and did some other things to try and get some of that perspective. But, and, you know, if you're com- talking to a typical engineer that's, Hey, I got a great product. I got a great, you know, an idea have no idea what I do on branding. You know, sometimes it feels a bit overwhelming or where do I get started? And so kind of walk us through if you are setting up that foundation and kind of setting up that strategy, kind of where's the, the first place to start?
0: Yeah, I think for me, the first place to start is what is the foundational belief? Like, why did you stay up until four o'clock in the morning thinking about this? You know, what what uh drove you to create this widget, service, product, whatever it is? Uh, where did that come from? What what were you trying to answer um, in in your own self, in the market? Where who are you trying to reach? What is um, what is your belief about what you could, how the world could be better or different um, if people did you know, whatever, adopted your product or bought your product or enjoyed your service? So starting there of like what really drove you, um, because I think there's a phenomenon that happens oftentimes with business owners and founders and even investors where everybody starts out with good intentions and a great something, and then you get so close to it that that origin story is oftentimes forgotten because there are so many suddenly, especially if you're going after funding and things like that, there are so many moving parts and growing responsibilities and growing pressures that you get, you know, a, a bit far away from what the real impetus was um, for the business itself.
1: No, makes makes perfect sense. So and I'll and I'll I'll take it maybe one step further and just so I'll give you an or have you walk us through a bit of maybe of an example. So one of the, the businesses I'm actually in the middle of, we're getting close to, to launching is a I'd say food truck light. So I'm an attorney way outside of an legal services, but I wanted to start a business where my kids could be involved, that so they could have some way to earn money. They can learn those skills. They could get a bit of business experience and be an And so we're starting up a food truck where you do build your own popcorn. So you can Get you different flavorings you can get your Fantastic. different mix-ins and uh, you know different types of popcorn so now if i were to take that just as an example not trying to get a free marketing but why not <laughs> why not get a free marketing console but you know walk me through, you know if we were starting from scratch we had the idea maybe we had the food truck in place but that was about it we had the concept of what we wanted to sell what would be kind of those first steps to say hey now let's go and build a strat and i'm not asking for a full marketing plan out of the shoot, but kind of walk me through what, what would be the, if you're at working with somebody in that type of situation, what would be some of the things to think about?
0: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of folks that, um, that people that have the moniker or the title of brand strategist often run you through some kind of form or survey, about what your mission is, what your vision is. You shared a little bit about that, about your family. Um, But I've found over time that especially folks that are busy or that are sideline entrepreneurs with something that hasn't caught yet, that's not their primary source of income or something like that, just don't have the time or might not know how to answer that question. So for me, I find it easier and better and more productive And more efficient, ultimately, to have a conversation about it. So uh, what I heard you say, Devin, was that um, the driver for you, I love this popcorn, um, this popcorn concept. Um, The driver was to do something with your kids to uh, teach them to have a job so that they can make some more money um, or some money, make a little bit of scratch, as my mom would say, and um, learn some of that entrepreneurial spirit from you. I would, I guess my first question to you would be, um, have you seen this business somewhere else? I haven't,
1: I have seen, I've seen popcorn places every once in a while. I've never seen it in a food truck, never seen it build your own, never seen it make it, you know, kind of more interactive and, and closer. I've seen a few places where you can just go and buy flavored popcorn. Right. And so that's Uh kind of the, the Genesis, but I haven't seen it in this kind of context where it's family, it's food truck it's mobile It's build your own so a little bit of a a different approach to it
0: yeah so I love that I love that um and I can visualize the whole thing right now it seems really popular outside festivals and concerts and things like that and I know that um in all the whatever like farmers markets that I go to Um, there's always like a kettle corn stand or something. And you can see everybody's walking around with that and not the other things, right? They might be getting vegetables over here or Hmm. artisan made soap over there, but they're walking around eating that popcorn. So good for you. I like the idea. We'll talk offline about your brand um, a little bit more, but I think starting with, I I love this, um, the whole family vibe of it. And I think that what I would do is start with talking about what your capacity is, what your vision is for this. Is it every weekend? Is it special events? Is it a truck that you have? Or is it a truck that you that you own now? Do you have all the permits that you need to have? Do you have the infrastructure? And what that vision is for how often you would be doing it. And then we would look at any sort of ideas. I think what I would do is kind of audit, because oftentimes when people come to me, um, they have, Maybe somebody worked on a logo, but now they're getting serious about going to market. They have a vision for what the truck would look like and things. So I think the first thing that we would do is do a bit of an audit of what it is that you have on hand or whatever you have in your brain so far and get all that out in the table and um, take a look at all that and see what pops for us, uh, no pun intended, for your audience and start thinking about um, where you're going to show up. Um, so that we can figure out how you're going to show up. So that is identifying who this customer is for you and then directing all of that toward that, but infused with, um, topped mm-hmm. with, layered with, like your popcorn, layered with some authenticity about where you're coming from with your brand, with this you know, family um, core of what you're trying to uh, accomplish there for your family. I feel like that's a really great differentiator for you.
1: No, I like it. Now I got all sorts of great ideas as to how to build it into a popcorn empire. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, I'd love to help. um,
1: So now, one of the other things, maybe shifting gear just a little bit, one of the other things that I thought was interesting that we chatted a bit before was, you know, one thing that I think sometimes you know brands get stuck on, or and businesses in general, and that is that they get out in the marketplace, you, you do go through all that initial work. So I figure out what my everything from my color scheme is my branding, my story, my, you know, what is my logo? What is my catchphrase? And what or how do I convey all that? And I get going and I, you know, feel comfortable, get out in the marketplace. And then I just kind of say, Okay, that's all done. It's all figured out. And then I put it on the side and say, Okay, and now I don't have to ever worry about that again. Whew. Now, you know, but one of the things I think you talked about and I think makes sense is you continuing to iterate and test your brand, test down the marketplace. So how do you kind of go through and iterate or test or figure out where your brand needs to evolve or how it should be adjusting over time?
0: I think it's about listening to the people. I mean, you can't, nobody can do pretty much anything these days without being on social media, right? And so I guess for a business like you are taking yours, for example, um, that what i would be doing is going out to market with organic social on facebook and creating a facebook uh, page for your business um but starting out maybe you and i don't know if you're having other fa- family members getting the word out um using whatever your existing network to get the word out and then trying out you know having set some specific a couple of specific campaigns, so that you can A/B test that, right? So that you can go out. We feel like this is going to resonate, given you know what our market is. The call to action is come see us at the whatever, whatever f- festival, or you know this location, whatever it is. And then having you know something to test against it, and go out with both of those um, from the get go to see what resonates, and then I would get um, solicit feedback you know, because it's your customers that are going to matter. And it's not, I think that that's where, again, so many businesses go wrong is that it starts out with everybody wanting to seek a market and maybe even identifying one. But in the intensity around having the responsibility and the expense of growing a business, somehow this phenomenon happens where the audience gets lost. And so I think that you know, what we call these days, social listening, um, is going to be really important, um, for most businesses, yours included is really having somebody, uh, actively monitoring that and communicating with people and inviting them, even inviting them to help form your brand and, um, have a say in maybe where you show up or how you show up as well to have people feel like, um, they're involved, especially in the beginning to help shape your brand.
1: No, I like that. And I, you know, I think that that's a, a great, you know, great uh, piece of advice is to, to continue to engage with your clients. And I, you know, I think it, in some sense, it's always intuitive and, you know, you should be, whether it's on socials and talking with them directly and getting there, making them feel like they're part of the journey and and uh, giving their feedback, especially early on. And yet oftentimes you just kind of lock it in. You figure, Hey, I am the client. I have already, know, what I know, what I or know what they want. And then you just kind of set it and then, or try and forget it. And then uh, you don't uh, evolve as your business evolves, your company evolves, your brand evolves, and uh, it should, everything should have evolved uh, together with it now. With that, kind of going along with that, one of the other things you mentioned is kind of creating different touch points. And so walk us through a little bit. How do you figure out which touch points you should consider and how do you create those and how do you go about thinking of them? Because I think every business is a bit different and has kind of different setups, different touch points, whether you're e-commerce, whether you're a brick and mortar, whether you're a food truck, whether you're a service-based business or anything else they all can have different touch points. So how do you go about kind of figuring out uh, what different touch points your business should be uh, engaging in?
0: Yeah, well, uh, one word, budget, starting there, right? <laughs> so that really matters, right? So like you said, it could be anything. It could fr- be a budget of a million dollars and you're looking to do you know, a TV commercial or YouTube videos or something like that. It could be that you start with organic social and it's you've got whatever Um, your niece who wants an internship for the summer or something like that just needs some work experience and something for their resume. So I think budget really matters and then um, it depends on where your audience is and who your audience is. I mean somebody taking your example once again one of the things that you might want to focus on for you because you have an actual physical product is how that can be Um, a mechanism, a really uh, reasonable, affordable mechanism for you for additional advertising. So whether it's sticking a card in something or having some fun bit of packaging around whatever it is that you do that um, gives a two-for-one for for their next visit or a -a tell-a-friend, BOGO type of thing. So I think it really depends on on what you wanna do, right? And what you have the budget for. Um, But these days I would say, you know, all budget should go toward video if you can. Um, There's so much eyewash out there with um, static visuals in particular and uh, video captures eyeballs, you know, more than anything. So if you can, um put money toward video, even if it's just fun on your iPhone or whatever video that you catch from your point of view, looking out from your food truck at all the happy popcorn eating faces um, and put that on your, you know, your social, your own Facebook page or whatever it is, mm. um, that could be helpful. But I think it really, you know, comes down to budget and then it comes down to figuring out, you know, uh, who your market is and where they are uh, and playing to that.
1: No, I think that's uh, definitely some uh, great takeaways and a great piece of advice, and I feel like we've uh, just barely scratched the surf- surface, and yet we're already uh, towards the end of uh, today's episode, so we'll have to have you back on and uh, have a follow-on conversation sometime, but uh, at least for today's episode, we'll uh, go ahead and uh, jump to the question I always like to ask at the end of each episode. So that is, is within your industry, what is the biggest myth, and why is it wrong?
0: What is the biggest myth and why is it wrong? Um, I think the biggest myth is that for me in brand strategy, that it's a luxury um, and it's wrong because of the reasons that I said in the beginning is that especially these days, um, people are looking for authenticity whether that's B2B or B2C. People are looking for that is what is helping brands set themselves as par- apart is really coming from somewhere that's a bit more personal. Um, and so I think that focusing on authenticity and teasing that out and looking more uh intensely at your competitive landscape and your customer is really important these days. Um, because the market demands it and the generation's upcoming Z and A are going to, you know, um, they can smell marketing from a mile away. And so uh, showing up in a a more authentic way, no matter what your business is um, that's breaking through and brand strategy is really important when it comes to that.
1: Mm. No, I think that's a a great uh, myth to dispel and a great, uh, uh, great takeaway. So with that, now, if uh, as we wrap up, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more?
0: Yeah, um, hit me up on my website. It's my name, Stacy Thal, dot com, and then a slash MVP for minimum viable product or most valuable player like you, Devin. Um, and your popcorn thing, I'm going to talk to you about that, popcorn biz. Um, so hit me up there.
1: Awesome. Well, definitely will. So uh, encourage people to reach out, connect uh, connect with you, make uh, or support a great business. If nothing else, make a new best friend. So with that, thank you again, Stacy, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you, their listeners that are out there, um, if you can help us share this expertise with even more startups and small businesses by clicking share, subscribe, maybe leaving, leaving us a review helps us to reach even more startups and small businesses to help them along their journeys of success. And on that note, if on along your journey, you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else with your startup, your small business, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Well, thank you again, Stacey, for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last.
0: Thanks, Devin.